Right, it's Real Life, Real Equity with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. That's right. Since we have grown with Real Life Real Equity, we have learned from our listening audience and our guests that entrepreneurship is full of trials, tribulations, and resilience. With that being said, we are going to email all of our listeners a free copy of the book, Resilience, Turning Your Setback into a Comeback. This book is full of powerful testimonies from unstoppable super achievers sharing their stories of resilience. With it being endorsed by Brian Tracy and Tom Ziegler, the entrepreneurs, NFL players, speakers, and authors in the book will share their firsthand accounts of how resilience put them on their path to success. Now remember, we want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Life, Real Equity. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back. So uh, today is just us. Yes, it is. You got just two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two. No, I'm just playing. We uh, we're gonna let it on there too. Uh, so you know, we can edit stuff out. We're not gonna edit this out. This is, I mean, this is Real Life, Real Equity. Um, we're super excited. We're real turned up. We're real excited about um, everything that we have going on in our life. Everything isn't perfect, though. No, not you know, at all. But yes, we're making it that way. You know, you have a choice. And our last guest, we talked about this quite a bit. We went into a little bit more spiritual than we intended to with a medical doctor. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of interesting that we had that kind of a conversation versus just kind of like that medical mm-hmm. talk. Right. We went there. A lot of the things that we do as human beings involves a level of spiritual and mental, not only clarity, not only toughness, but the ability to talk to yourself and create the change in your mind first that you need to manifest the exterior changes in your reality. Yeah. Dr. Felicia Fro is a really good example of a person that really thinks about or a wider scope of life. She right. doesn't just go by the book. Beginning with the end in mind, yes. as Stephen Covey would say. But, you know, today we want to talk about money. Um, I had a real interesting conversation with a good friend of mine, and he was telling me, he listens to the podcast, and he was telling me that uh, he liked how we talked about money in regards to some of the financial talking heads out there, the financial gurus, if you would, like Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki, Susie Orman, all of those people. And now Tony Robbins with his book, Money Master the Game, and then Unshakable. Ray Dalio with his book, Principles. I've read all these books. But um, he started to explain why he respected the idea of not necessarily deferring to one side. Because if you study like the Robert Kiyosaki uh, fans, you study the Dave Ramsey fans, a lot of the times they butt heads on beliefs. Yeah. And the truth is, I have a good dose of both. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so my stance is, I think both of them are appropriate. Yeah. It really comes down to what works for you. Exactly. I mean, there's all these different money experts out there, and you have to figure out what's going to work best for your scenario. Exactly. 
And, and so, you know, what do we mean by that? So let me tell you this. If you don't know anything about money, I mean, absolutely zero about money, how it works, how to budget, how to save, how to invest. I start with Dave Ramsey. I mean, to be honest, if you want to learn how to just get started. Right. Go to Dave Ramsey. And this is coming from the guy who read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad book first. After I read his book, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I come from a place and I tell people this all the time. And a lot of people don't believe me, but I come from a part of uh, the city that I should be a statistic. In all reality, I don't talk like I'm from where I'm from. I don't act like I'm from where I'm from. And there's a lot of stereotypes that are not true for people like the people that come from where I come from. Yeah, uh, It's affectionately known as the hood, you know, the ghettos, the city, you know, the bad neighborhoods. My zip code was called the murder zip code of Kansas City. I did not know anything about money. Yeah. My mom taught us the best we could. She put us in stock market camps and entrepreneur camps, and she did the best she could. I, I really respect my mom for that. She did an excellent job. And Keisha, you said the same thing. Yeah. You know, I just remember the times of, you know, my mom teaching me, you know, not to spend more than what you have and to always try to pay more on something like a credit card right. just to be ahead. Yeah. But you know, it all starts from the beginning. I remember when we first got married, <laughs> Justin was in the military. Within a few months, he was, you know, stationed in Bremerton, Washington. And one day I got this inkling to go take a pregnancy test. <laughs> right. And so I took the test and I was like Okay. No, the reality was <laughs> the, the reality was she started crying like I was like I don't yeah. want we it was like I don't want this certain dinner or something. It was something super small. I said, "No, I don't want to do that." And she started crying. I said, "What in the world is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I'm one year into I mean, we ain't even one year into marriage." And it's like, "Is this what this is all about?" She said, "I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm crying and I don't know why." And so anyway, <laughs> go ahead, finish the story. No, so then I told Justin uh, because I couldn't wait. He was on what we call a duty day. And most right. military people know what that means, where you work beyond 24 hours. Yeah. And so essentially we're apart for about 36 hours. Right. And um, I was like, I don't think I can wait that long. So I told him. And then instantly I felt like it was within the day. You're like trying to figure out. What is it that we need to do? We got this other little person. It was coming. something that clicked. Yes. It was like, it like clicked really big time with me. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to, you know, in the military, there are your superiors, your supervisors, your chiefs or whatever. They try to mentor you holistically. A lot of them, a lot of good chiefs. A lot of my first line supervisors were intentional about their mentorship. And so one of my first line supervisors, one of my chiefs, handed me a book called The Total Money Makeover. He gave it to me and it changed my life forever. Yeah, It changed my life so much that it collected dust for the first three months of <laughs> its, its lifespan with me. No, seriously though, I mean, that's, so this is the reality. The book stayed on the ground for three months when I got it the first time. Then Keisha told me she was pregnant and I just kind of kind of let it marinate, let it sit in. And then we said, let's go to the movies. I'll never forget this day as long as I live. I said, let's go to the movies. And we get to the movies and um, we are getting ready to pay for the movie and my debit card declines. Mm -hmm. 
And my feelings was so hurt that I had to pull out my credit card to pay for the movie. And I told Keisha, I said, I don't know what's going on. We never had our finances together. So, you know, it's the dynamic of two people trying to bring their finances together. That's very interesting. Yes. Um, And then I knew that between what we pay for rent and what I got as a housing allowance with the military should have been about 300 bucks. Right. At any given moment, we had at least $300 in cash flow every single month because our food was paid for with my base salary. Right. And so when we got that decline, I said, something's got to change. We went in the movie, enjoyed the movie, lived in the present. We enjoyed the movie. I came back home and I got overwhelmed with emotion. I cried. I read about that book and I just was like, something's got to change. And then when I read the first chapter, it was like, oh, my God, I can do this. Yeah. It was so simple, but that's not where it ends because no. because that would make it seem like everybody was all aboard and on the same page and we were just ready to go. And I was not. No, it, it, <laughs> and that's just being, you know, being real. It's 100. At, yeah. at first it was like, you want me to stop doing what? And I can't do what? <laughs> so I can't go do this? But I'm extreme too. Yeah. You know, when I get in something and I go all, I'm all in 100%. Like... I'm in there. Yeah. If I'm for you, I am for you. If yeah. I'm against you, you won't know. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it was truly something that we were living in the moment, but we had to think about the future. The future. Yeah. You know, where is this going? You know, we have our first little person coming and uh, it, it was interesting, you know. So anyway, long story short, we got the book. We read the book. And I remember we were so after we finally came together and said, "Okay, we're going to do this. I sold all our DVDs. Oh, yes. Sold all of I our sold, books. I sold all my books, yes. every book that I owned, because we were trying to get to that $1,000. I didn't have a lot of books, but, you know, we had enough books that were left over. So here's a funny story, and we'll get to the point. So we took an hour drive to go trade in all our books at Half Price book- Bookstore <laughs> in Seattle, because we were stationed about an hour and a half away from Seattle. So we drove an hour to Seattle to give our books half price bookstores i think they gave us like 13 dollars. yeah i remember that because it was dark and rainy yeah it was it was 13 dollars. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not enough to pay for gas right but we were so excited mm-hmm. we were so excited to get that 13 dollars. we drove back home we put it in our our little piggy bank whatever right. we it was some envelope we might have had mm-hmm. we put it in there and we said we we're 13 dollars closer to our goal And wow, that gave me chills because the reality was, uh, like Tony Robbins says, take massive action and things start lining up for you. It it took us probably another three to six months to save that thousand dollars because we didn't we didn't have that much money. After we did a real introspective look at our budget, Mm -hmm. real introspective look at what we make versus what we take home, Mm -hmm. our cash flow wasn't all there. The $300 that I thought we would have at the end of every month, it wasn't there. Yeah. It was sombering. It was very humbling. And uh, we got on a budget and we started living, you know, a really sustainable. But let's talk about that $1,000. I literally (laughs) had this conversation with someone today and they were saying how they want to be in a position where they can retire. Okay. And I said to them, but that's not your goal. Your goal isn't to necessarily have a certain amount of money to retire. If you 
put a name on the money that you have. Like our thousand dollars was for emergencies. Correct. And we consistently had that thousand dollars for emergency. And guess what? Emergencies happen. We were always using it for some emergency that came up because right. that's what we used it for. Right. That was the name of it. Yeah, that was the name of it. And so I told this individual, if you want to see a difference with your finances, you have to be able to name your money differently. That's right. And be careful what you name it because mm-hmm. words have power and you bring about whatever it is you name your money. You name it an emergency fund. This is what she's saying. And I don't know if you caught that, but that's really good because I didn't think about that. Yeah. When you name your money emergency fund, emergencies happen. If, if you name your fund the, in, you know, your investment fund, right. investments happen. If you name your fund the growth fund, growth happens. So right. be careful what you name your fund because whatever you name it, you're putting that into the atmosphere. Right. There's so much power in words. Let's get back to it. So, you know, the difference between Robert Kiyosaki and Dave Ramsey, there is several, a lot. I haven't listened to Dave Ramsey in a long time. I used to listen to Dave Ramsey a lot, but I, I kept his principles, specifically the uh, baby steps, you know, one where you save the thousand dollars. We don't call it an emergency fund anymore. No. Uh, you just save a thousand dollars. You start your budget, pay off your debt, and um, then you start investing. Well, we took his baby steps and we modified it for our life. And this is what we were talking about earlier. Anytime you listen to, follow, read, study anyone, take what they have, apply it to your life, and remove what doesn't work. Yeah. That's how you are able to sustain anything. You can't always be so rigid in whatever it is you're getting started in. You can't be so rigid in your your money, specifically yeah. your money. But we talked about it last week. There's only a few things that you control. Yeah. One of them is you. Is you. Yeah. And the other is how you react. Exactly. You can't really determine the outcome based off of someone else. Right. You can only control what you have. Right. And another thing about that thousand dollars is we didn't limit ourselves to just that. Right. That's you know, right. We eventually grew from that and said, OK, let's do ten thousand dollars. But that's what that's another thing, because, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about that saving six months worth of income. Well, it's not a number of months. Our good friend and mentor, uh, Russell Gray, says, what is your fastest path to cash? If you know how fast you can earn money or whatever your fastest path to cash is, then you know how long you need to save money for. So let's say, for example, you know that with your business, you can create your monthly amount of revenue in two weeks. Mm, You need to save in all intents and purposes. You need to save two weeks worth of income. Right. If you know your fastest path to cash is going to get a W-2 job, and typically that takes you about three months, you need three months worth of income. If you know that your fastest path to cash in your specialized industry is like mine. I'm an air traffic controller. You know, that was my trade. And so my fastest path to cash would be going to get a government job. It would take me 12 months to go get a job, you know, as an air traffic controller. So I'd need 12 months worth of income. And that whole six month emergency fund thing goes out the window. So it's about being aware and actually putting into play what's specific to your situation. But I wanted to really discuss some things because we had a conversation, my friend and I, and it was very interesting because one of the things that I said to him, I said, you know, I really respect a lot of the things that Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki have done, even though they have slightly different 
perspectives on money, wealth, wealth creation. You know, Dave Ramsey is more, you know, invest in mutual funds, pay off all your debt. Robert Kiyosaki is, as, as my friend would call it, explosive growth, you know, building assets through real estate ownership and business and cash flow. And, you know, I've heard people say Robert Kiyosaki is like the master's degree of financial education. And Dave Ramsey would be like, you know, the elementary middle school. Yes, exactly. So, but one thing that I have a problem with, and, and, and it's not really a problem, but one thing that I want to make sure that we clarify, coming from where I came from, and this was the point of the story in the beginning, I didn't know some of the things that they were saying. I took everything as literal. And a lot of the problems that we face, especially coming from where I came from, is that we don't know what's literal. And I'm saying this to say one of the things that that Robert Kiyosaki talks about is savers are losers. And when I first heard that, I said, oh, man, I need to stop saving money and really get on this thing of, you know, getting a whole bunch of debt. And I tried that. But then I dove deep. I mean, I really dove deep because I did not understand. Man, I wish I could really convey to you all. I had no idea what he was talking about. I ran pro forma after pro forma after pro forma. For years, I tried to figure out what how he was getting to the level of wealth that he was getting to, because all I heard was buy houses, get your income to equal your expenses, and you're out of the rat race. I played cash flow for years, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of times. I mean, Keisha and I would sit there and play cash flow on our phone for hours, and then we play cash flow live, you know, together for hours. Yeah. And we did that. And I said, you know, he said the secrets in the game. And I kept learning. I said, man, I don't know what it is, but it's I got to figure this out. Yeah. You know, if you got a million dollars worth of real estate, you need to have some reserves. Okay. You know, it's not necessarily saying you don't need any money in reserves. It's not saying that getting all the bad debt you can hold because, you know, he talks about good debt and bad debt. Yeah. And he even wrote the book that ABCs is getting out of debt. Robert Kiyosaki did. He's not necessarily saying that in the realest sense of the word, savers are losers. What he's saying is don't save money in the hopes that just saving the money will get you rich. You can't save your way to wealth. Right. In today's economy, if we know something about economics, if you put your money in a mattress, your money will lose value quicker than you can amass the money that you're trying to save, especially if we're talking about like a bank account. If you go on a government website and figure out what the yearly inflation number is, it's somewhere between two and three percent. Right. We just started getting bank accounts that offer two, two point two percent CDs. Right. That's not talking about the savings accounts. The savings accounts, you're still looking at sub one percent numbers Mm -hmm. interest on your money so that means that if you put your money in a savings account think about this and your only goal is to save to wealth you are losing more in inflation than you're gaining in interest you're getting a net negative effect here and so that's what he's talking about when you just are looking at saving saving your way to wealth but that's where dave ramsey talks about investing in mutual funds right i'm not a huge fan of mutual funds i like index funds Or if I'm going to invest in the stock market, which I don't, but if I was, and I have in the past, the goal for an index fund is to mirror a set of stocks. So like the NASDAQ, it might be an index fund that mirrors the NASDAQ or mirrors the Dow Jones or mirrors the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so that's what I'm talking about. You know, if you're going to invest in something, make sure it has low fees. Make sure it, it, it's indexed against something that has performed well over time. If you look back historically, um, and then this is just keeping a holistic financial mind. If you look back historically, the the um, the stock market has performed historically at or above something like eight, nine, ten percent. I don't remember the exact number because, again, I don't follow the stock market, but I've read enough books to know it's around that number. OK. And Ray Dalio, one of the most successful hedge fund managers in the world, in the history of hedge fund managers, talks about how he invests in the stock market. I'd actually recommend the book Money Master the Game because he talks about his all seasons portfolio uh, allocation plan. And that allocation plan talks about the difference in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and how you should allocate your money for each. Mm. There's a lot of different things to consider when you're following people. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily have to follow just one. You can. There's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, we, we said this previously. Dave Ramsey's great if that's what's for you. Right. Robert Kiyosaki's great if that's what's for you. Susie Orm is great if that's what's for you. But it's the ability to develop a philosophy that is much more important. Philosophy based off of whoever you want to model after. Right. So what what do we consider good debt or what is good debt and what is bad debt? So let's start with the bad. Okay. <laughs> so bad debt would be like... A debt that is not affixed to an asset. Now, what do we define as assets? Well, Robert Kiyosaki defines an asset as anything that puts money in your pocket. Right. That's why he defines a house, your primary resident, as not being an asset. Now, if you're from where I'm from, I consider my house to be a asset mm -hmm. in the traditional sense. It does not put money in my pocket in the traditional sense, but my house has been one of the things that I've used to invest. You know, the equity in your house can be an excellent way to get started in business, excellent way to get started in investing. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have and I don't think he's saying you don't need a house. He's just saying it's not an asset in his turn in the truest definition of what he calls an asset. You right. know, this something that puts money in your pocket. Right. So essentially you want your money to work for you. That's right. Yeah. So then we'll go to what a good debt is. That's right. So a good debt would be a debt that is tied to an asset that produces income. That's right. Exactly. So, for example, we have rental properties. Yeah. And we have, it's an asset because it puts money in our pocket, mm -hmm. but we have debt on said asset. Mm -hmm. And the debt is good debt because it allows us to go out and do more right. with less. Correct. It allows us to leverage. Correct. And that's where leverage comes in. And then, and then you start getting into OPM and other people's money. And then you start getting into syndication. And you start getting into all these things that we took years and years to study. But again, we studied and learned from not just one, not just two, not just mm -hmm. three. I mean, I've read six or 700 books. Yeah. And um, we've taken a holistic approach. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not okay to follow just one, two, or three people. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Correct. What's best is is what's best for you. Correct. What's best for me is different than you. And I, this is something that I had to gain clarity on because when we start measuring ourselves against other people, we will always come up short. Yes. Do not compare yourselves to other people because you just never know what philosophy that they're using right. to accomplish their goal. And not only that, and this is our big takeaway, and this is where we're going to leave you with. 
So Keisha and I have been trying to figure out exactly who we are going to be. You know, be who you're becoming. But if you don't know who you're becoming, then it's hard to be who you're becoming, right? Yeah. One of the things that I, I just came to the realization, because we talked about this in uh, a previous podcast, you know, we talked about being a part of the Miracle Morning. I've been reading this book, The Miracle Morning, every day, and I've been practicing it, right? And it has you to do a, little, a few things, but the point that I'm trying to get to is what I gained in clarity the other day. I cannot try to create my lifestyle, my business, my real estate investments. I can't base it off of somebody else because what I believe and what I have been doing for the last several years is dramatically different than what other people are doing. I'm not a Robert Kiyosaki. I'm not a I'm not a Warren Buffett. I'm not a Ray Dalio. You know, I'm not one of the Koch brothers or Robert F. Smith or Oprah or, you know, we're not P. Diddy and we're not Jay-Z and Beyonce, Michelle and Barack. We are Justin and Keisha and we have a much different perspective than all those people. And the second we try to measure ourselves against those people, the second we'll come up dramatically short. Now, with that being said, we're going to caveat this and then we'll be through. The caveat is you can always model after somebody you admire and respect. Use what they've done. Use what they they have learned. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from their successes and model your life off of them, they, it, he, she, all. Mirror yourself. Model your life off of all of them, whoever you want to model your life after. But just know who you follow. And who you model your life after, that is what your life will become. So if you admire and respect Dave Ramsey, if you admire and respect Robert Kiyosaki, if you admire and respect Oprah Winfrey and Barack and Michelle and Donald Trump and, you know, Robert F. Smith, then, you know, that's who you'll become. And it's okay whatever you choose. The point is you make a choice. I think we're some of the most non-judgmental people that you'll ever meet in your life. Yes, for sure. And we are that way because... There's only a few things that we believe, and our belief doesn't have to be your belief. Our belief is just that, our belief, and we don't measure our beliefs against others. That's how we stay grounded. Yeah, for sure. You have to know what you value from the start before you start comparing your beliefs against other people. That is so, so important. Don't forget to get your free ebook copy of Resilience, Turning Your Setback Into a Comeback, Email us at info at realliferealequity.com. That's info at realliferealequity.com. With that, we just want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And as always, we want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to actually show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to you joining us again next week. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life, Real Equity Podcast.